Well, congratulations, everybody. You should give yourselves a round of applause because you have perfect attendance in 2024. I make the joke every year, and I'm going to. Um, it's horrible and bad, and it's a total dad joke, but it makes me happy. I want to set the context for, the, for what we're about to do in the, in the Wesleyan Covenant Renewal Service. This is a holy experience and powerful if you desire for it to be. So let me set a little context for what we're about to engage in, and I'll do so by reminding you that I am the most mediocre guitar player um, in the Tri-County area, okay? So you might remember I told you that I learned to play the guitar when I was a teenager. I'd been dabbling in it because, you know, Smashing Pumpkins and Metallica. Um, But I really learned to play when I met a young lady named Amanda who was singing a lot, and I thought if I could learn to play the guitar... I bet she would sing near me. And being um, small, gangly, and awkward, what I figured I would do, the easiest way for me to um, invite her to spend time around me was to do the easiest thing I could, which is to learn a six-stringed instrument. So I learned to play the guitar. I want to tell you a little bit about um, the guitar. As you know, it's got to be in tune. A a A guitarist is often finds himself tuning their guitar. You can see it in concerts, and maybe they'll pass a guitar back or forth. Uh, all six strings need to be in tune with each other, or else it just, it just doesn't sound good. Um, there is a standard for tuning, and it normally comes at the note of A right there, which you may or may not be able to hear. An A, the standard, is set by the megahertz, 440. You can do that in a couple ways. You can get a tuning fork, tap it, hit your note, and then you tune all your strings together. You can get an electronic tuner, however it goes. Most of the time, if if a guitar player is playing guitar by themselves, all they're going to do is make sure that their strings are in tune with each other. Forget the tuning for it. Forget the the tuner. We're just going to play all the notes together, tune the little pegs, make it sound good together. That way, I can get out there and play my little song, and y'all think, gosh, that sounds great. You just go out there, this sounds good right now. Just play a couple chords. Yeah, you could do this thing where, you, where all guitar players do, where you're like. You see how difficult this is? This sounds pretty good. This sounds pretty good. The problem is, is when I get to go, I, I go to play with someone else. If I've been tuned with myself, that's one thing. But I've got to be in tune with everybody else. So Suzanne and I have decided we're going to do a very brief one-bar concert for you. Um, and we're going to play a song I wrote called The C Chord. Okay? And so, Suzanne, you get to start. Just hit it once for us. And now I'm going to join in, and let's see how it sounds. Can you hear it? Beautiful. What was that face? Of course I'm in tune with myself. But the piano is in tune with the standard A at 440. It's in tune the way it's supposed to be. My guitar is just in tune with itself. Here's what has happened. Over the course of the time since I last tuned my guitar to the standard, the weather and the humidity and my playing, everything's just kind of gotten a little out of whack. And when I tune the guitar back to itself, I'm tuning it back to what's a little out of whack. And then I do that over time, and my guitar might sound good by itself, but it no longer fits the standard. It is far out of the standard. 
And so for me, when I'm playing by myself in my room, it sounds like I'm doing great. But when I put myself up to the standard, it's awful. Sometimes we have to reset ourselves to the standard. It's good sometimes to put ourselves back in front of the plumb line, so to speak. And I want to very briefly tell you how that occurred as we read from 2 Kings chapter 23 about Josiah who ascended to the throne at eight years old. Could you imagine being a king at eight years old? I have an eight-year-old. If she ascended to the throne, that would, I think maybe she already has. I think she already has. Very briefly, just to set the stage, the kingdom of Israel was given by God. It's it's split into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom by this point in the readings. Of course, you've got King Saul and King David, King Solomon, and all these. God has given the monarch, and there's throughout the books of Chronicles and Kings, you have this repeated phrase. It just goes through this litany of all of kings that have come through generations. It'll be like, and they did good in the sight of the Lord, or they did evil in the sight of the Lord. It's like a refrain. And if you look in, in chapter 21, you get to Manasseh. He was 12 years old when he began to reign. Man, they started early. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, following abominable practices of the nations that the Lord drove out before the people, etc., etc. And then his son Amon comes forward, and in verse 20, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord as his father Manasseh had done. This is two generations of kings that have ruled in an evil way. He walked away and served the idols and worshipped them. Then we come to King Josiah, who we read about in chapter 23. King Josiah comes to the throne at eight years old, and he does have the idea that they're going to restore the temple of God at minimum. And so they go, he sends people in to go rebuild the temple, and, and, and guess what? There was a free book in there. Hilkiah comes back and says, hey, yo, I found a book in there when we were fixing this place up. Can you believe that? Look at this book. It's probably the set of the Torah scrolls, the first five books of the Bible. And he says, this is important. He goes and tells King Josiah, who uh, through a course of of, uh, events takes it in, and he's grieved because he says this, for great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our ancestors did not obey the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. The kingdom of Israel was in tune with itself. It had slipped over time. And it seemed good to itself. But when set back up to the standard, they were far off. They were far off. And so King Josiah calls the people back together, great and small. And he says, we're going to reread and set back before us the covenant that the Lord made that our ancestors promised, and we're going to recommit And so from time to time, it is good for us as people, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ to set back before us the covenant that the Lord made with us and the covenant that we have given ourselves to, to reset the standard before us so that we can tune to the proper note, so that we can play in concert and in key with the Spirit of God. And so to that end, today we together renew our covenant with the Wesleyan Covenant Renewal Service, which was given to the people called Methodists back in the 18th century and has been shared by believers and congregations for generations since. 
I'll give you just a brief word. There are many different people in the room today. And I want to, to let you know that every one of you has a vantage point to experience the covenant renewal service. If you are a believer in Christ who has made covenant with God, let this be a time where you renew and recommit yourself to retune your spirit, so to speak, that you would play and live in concert with the Lord. It may be that you are a, a baptized professing Christian, but you never made a commitment to be a disciple of Jesus. You are saved, but you are saved and set it and forget it. But you know and you hear that there's more for you. Today is a day that you can make a commitment to follow Jesus into the life-giving holy ways that he has for you. And if you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, what I invite you to do is listen along with us for what we pray and what we commit to today, I want you to listen. That is who we are as followers of Jesus. And that could be for you too. And you might very well hear in the beautiful commitments that we make and that God has made to us a call from the Holy Spirit in your life to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ to make this commitment to be holy disciples. So with that said, I want to invite you to uh, join with me. The words will be in your bulletins. There's some responsive ends that will also come on the screen, and we're going to follow along together uh, in praying and responding to the Wesleyan Covenant Renewal Service. Dearly beloved brothers and sisters, the Christian life is a life found in Christ, redeemed from sin and consecrated to God. We are those who have entered into this life and have been admitted into the new covenant of Jesus Christ. He is the mediator of this covenant. He sealed it with his own blood so it would last forever. On one side of this covenant stands God, who promises to give us new life in Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. Every day God proves his goodness and grace to us, showing us that his promise still stands firm. On the other side, we stand as those who promise to no longer live life for ourselves, but instead to only live for Jesus Christ because he has loved us and given his life for us. There are times in our lives when it is important for us to remember and reaffirm our promises and vows. In this same way, we come today to renew our covenant with God, Many generations have done this before us, and today we make the covenant our own, renewing with both joy and sincerity the covenant that binds us all to God. Join me as we confess our sins. We are those who seek to live as true disciples of Jesus Christ, but sometimes we fall short. Let us now examine ourselves before God, humbly confessing our sins and submitting our hearts so that we do not deceive ourselves and cut ourselves away from God. Let us pray. Father God, you have set forth the way of life through your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you love dearly. We shamefully confess that we have been slow to learn of him and have been reluctant to follow him. You have spoken and called to us, but we have not listened. You have revealed your beauty to us, but we have been blind. You have stretched out your hand to us, 
through our friends, but we have passed by them. We have accepted your gifts and offered little thanks. We are unworthy of your unchanging love. We now confess to you our sins. Please forgive us for the poverty of our worship, for the selfishness of our prayers, for our inconsistency and unbelief, for the ways we neglect fellowship and your grace, for our hesitation to tell others about Christ, for the ways we deceive others. Forgive us when we waste time and when we misuse the gifts you have given us. Forgive us for when we have made excuses for the wrong things we have done and when we have purposefully avoided responsibility. Forgive us that we have been unwilling to overcome evil with good and that we have not been ready to carry our cross. Forgive us that we have not allowed your love to work through us to help others and that we have not made their suffering our own. Forgive us for the times when instead of working for unity, we made it hard for others to live with us because of our lack of forgiveness, inconsiderate judgment, and quick criticism. Forgive us for when we have not tried to reconcile with others and when we have been slow to seek redemption. Forgive us also for these sins that we silently confess to you now. I'll give you a moment of silence. My friends, hear the good news that God, the Father of all mercies, is faithful to cleanse us from our sins and restore in us Christ's image. Praise and glory be to God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let us gathered here before the Lord, now in covenant, commit ourselves to Christ as his servants. Let us give ourselves to him so that we may fully belong to him. Jesus Christ has left us with many services to be done. Some of these services are easy and honorable, but some are difficult and disgraceful. Some line up with our desires and interests. Others are contrary to both. In some, we please both Christ and ourselves, but then there are other works where we cannot please Christ except by denying ourselves. Jesus Christ, we offer you this prayer. Let me be your servant. Let me follow your commands. I will no longer follow my own desires. I give myself completely to your will. The power and strength to live as true servants is given to us in Christ. We accept the place and work that he gives us, acknowledging that he alone will be our reward. I am not my own. I am yours alone. Make me into what you will. Rank me with those you will. Put me to use for you. Put me to suffering for you. Let me be employed for you. Let me be laid aside for you. Let me be lifted high for you. Let me be brought low for you. Let me be full or let me be empty. Let me have all things or let me have nothing. With a willing heart, 
I freely give everything to your pleasure and disposal. Christ is Savior to those who are his true servants. He is the source of all salvation to those who obey. To be his servant is to consent fully to his will. Christ accepts nothing less. Christ will be all in all, or he will be nothing. Now confirm this truth in holy covenant. Make it a reality in your life in these ways. First, set apart time in your day more than once to be spent alone with the Lord. Seek to perceive God's special care for you and gracious acceptance of you. Carefully think through the words of this covenant and its conditions. Examine your heart, even if you have freely given your life to Christ. Name the sins in your life. Reflect on whether you are willing to choose Christ's holy laws and strict commands. Be sure you are clear in all of these, so you do not lie to God. Second, Uphold a serious spirit of holy awe and reverence. Third, claim God's covenant. Do not trust in your own strength and power, but rely on God's promise of giving grace and strength. In this way, he will empower you to keep your promise. Fourth, be determined to be faithful. You have given your heart and life to God. You have opened your mouth to dedicate yourself to the Lord. With God's power, never go back to your former way of living. And last, be prepared to renew your covenant with God. Fall on your knees, lift your hands, open your hearts. Let us pray together. My righteous God, for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, See me now as I fall down before you. Forgive my unfaithfulness when I have not done your will. You promise mercy if I turn to you with my whole heart. God requires that you rid yourself of every idol in your life. From the bottom of my heart, I here and now renounce every idol in my life, covenanting with you that I will not commit any known sin. By turning against your will, I have turned my love toward the world. In your power, I will watch for any temptation that will lead me away from you. Through Jesus Christ, God offers to be your God again if you allow him to be. Before all heaven and earth, I here and now acknowledge you Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as my Lord and God, I vow to give all of myself, body and soul, to be your servant and to serve you in holiness and righteousness all the days of my life. Jesus Christ is the only way and means to God. God has given us Jesus as the way and means to salvation. Jesus, I here and now accept you as the only new and living way. I join myself in covenant with you. I come to you hungry, sinful, miserable, blind, and naked, unworthy even to wash the feet of your servants. 
with all my power, I accept you as my Lord and head. I renounce my own unworthiness and vow that you are the Lord, my righteousness. I renounce my own wisdom and take you for my only guide. I renounce my own will and take your will as my law. Christ has told you that you must suffer with him. Jesus, I here and now make this covenant with you and accept whatever comes in life. Through your grace, I promise that neither life nor death will separate me from you. God has given holy laws as the rule of your life. I here and now willingly take on your yoke and burden. All your laws are holy, just, and good. I accept them as the rule for my words, thoughts, and actions, promising I will strive to order my whole life around your direction. I will not allow myself to neglect anything I know to be my duty. The Almighty God searches and knows you, even the thoughts of your heart. O oh God, you know that we have made this covenant today in sincerity, without deceit or reluctance. If you find anything false in us, guide us and help us to set it right. And now, glory be to you, God the Father. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my God and Father. Glory be to you, God the Son. You have loved me and washed me from my sins in your own blood. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my Savior and Redeemer. Glory be to you, O God, the Holy Spirit. By your almighty power, you have turned my heart from sin to God. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my comforter and guide. O mighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have now become my covenant friend, and I, through your infinite grace, have become your covenant servant. You are mine, and I am yours. So be it. May this covenant that I have made here on earth be ratified in heaven. Amen. My friends, may the covenant that we have made with the Lord be ratified in our lives and in heaven that we might resonate and play in tune with his movements in and through us. As we go from here, let us leave with this blessing. May our God who establishes covenant relationship with those who seek to enter the kingdom of God be with you always. May Jesus Christ, who seals the new covenant with his blood on the cross, bring you peace. And may the Holy Spirit guide your life both now and forever. Go in peace to serve the Lord. And all God's people said amen. Amen.